0: There was a soft rapping upon her door. Francesca Cahill recognized the knock, and she froze, hunched over her desk, a Waterman fountain pen in hand. Electric lighting, installed when the house was first built eight years earlier, spilled over the vellum she was writing upon. She felt like a crook caught with her hand in the bank safe. Her sister did not wait for her to answer, and she entered Francesca's large, beautifully appointed bedroom. Outside, it was snowing heavily. Inside, a fire roared in the dark green marble hearth. You're not even dressed! Connie cried, eyes widening so vastly that the effect was almost comical. Francesca forced herself to smile as she jumped to her feet, effectively blocking Connie's view of the desk. She stole a guilty glance at the grandfather clock standing in the corner of her room. Eight o'clock already? Guests would be arriving at any moment, if they hadn't begun to arrive already. "'I'm sorry,' Francesca said, unable to breathe properly. "'Darnation! She had an examination in biology on Monday morning, and she had yet to even begin studying for it. She'd been too busy organizing this latest endeavor of hers, and now time had run out. But then there was never enough time in the day for her to do all that she had to do. It was so frustrating.' Her sister faced her with exasperation, clad in a pale pink evening gown, her throat encircled with diamonds. Her pale blonde hair pulled loosely back and piled on top of her head. Diamonds fell from her ears, and a diamond and ruby necklace decorated the expanse of her bare skin between her shoulders and her bosom. She was a very beautiful woman. Fran, how can you do this? Connie implored. You know what Mama has in mind for you tonight? She begged you not to be late, and you promised. I know, I was there. Connie shook her head. Francesca did feel a bit guilty, because she most certainly had promised their mother, Julia, that she would not be late, that she would be well-dressed and on her best behavior. Francesca remained standing in front of her desk. On occasion, Connie was the biggest snoop. Francesca did not want to get into an argument now, even if her older sister did mean well. She smiled far too brightly. I was writing letters. The time escaped me, she said, crossing the fingers of her right hand behind her back and silently apologizing for the very small white lie. I don't believe you, Connie said, and she marched right past Francesca and lifted the sheet of parchment that Francesca had been working on, ignoring Francesca's exclamation of protest. What is this? she cried. And while she read, Francesca silently recited the words she had written over a hundred painstaking times. Next meeting of the Lady Society for the Eradication of Tenements. Time, Saturday, January 25th at 3 o'clock p.m. Place, the Library at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. For further information, please contact Miss Francesca Cahill at number eight ten Fifth Avenue. Francesca folded her arms. Connie, you know as well as I that the tenements are a disgrace to this city. A disgrace to you and me. Francesca said fervently. Connie's brows arched impossibly, and it did not detract from her stunning beauty. What I know is that you are an eccentric, Francesca Cahill, and what I also know is that you are late, and that no matter how you think to try, eventually Mama will have her way. She gripped Francesca by the arm and dragged her to the window. "'Look!' she cried. Through the velvet draperies, which were open, Snow could be seen dancing through the night in tiny swirling points of brilliant white light. Francesca's bedroom was on the second story of the family's five-floor Fifth Avenue mansion. The snow had already blanketed the front lawns and the poplar trees, as well as what could be seen of the sidewalk and street, which lay just beyond the wrought iron front gates. Francesca looked down on the circular front driveway, the lawns and Fifth Avenue. Had the evening been clear, she would have been able to make out the tall iron street lamps with their double-headed white bulbs and the even taller trees of Central Park. Already two foreign hands, a handsome and a very dashing motor car were coming up the driveway, the effect almost magical, the vehicles spookily emerging from the mist-like clouds of snow and electric light. Beyond the drive, the lamp-lit street was eerily deserted.